You are listening to the Whatsoever 168 Podcast with Jen Renault. Be nice and pass it along. Let the world hear the song you sing with your smile. Oh, be nice. Be kind. Welcome back. I am over the moon excited and just cannot wait to jump right in because I have an amazing guest for you today. What is so special about this lady is that she is totally immersed in the world, but yet she has found a beautiful way to bring Christ into that mess and yet not be of the mess. And as you all know at this podcast that is based on Matthew 25 and bringing Jesus to others, this guest represents feeding the hungry, whether they know it or not, so super well. My guest is a wife, a mom of two, a great soccer coach, a lover of all things Mardi Gras, an incredible photographer, a creative new business owner, and an inspirational friend. I can't wait to share with you today, Dr. Terry Shrek. There is a book titled All Things Great and Small by James Harriet, and the author said, if having a soul means being able to feel love and loyalty and gratitude, then animals are better off than a lot of humans. And I have to say with my guest this morning, she has a beautiful soul and she is my buddy, my sister in Christ. Her name is Terry. So Terry, welcome. Thanks for coming here today. Thank you for having me. So how apropos that we are joined by your dog. We were supposed to meet at my house with my lovely dog, Bear, who's a lot more hyperactive than your dog. My dog thinks he's a proctologist. She just likes to play with the tennis balls. Mm-hmm. Um, but how apropos that we're joined here with Kyla because it kind of speaks a little bit to your whatsoever project. So what I want to do is go ahead and jump in this morning and just have you first share about your ministry, your whatsoever project, and then we'll just see where God leads this conversation. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time now, and I guess I kind of fell backwards into this ministry. You know, I, I grew up in the Ocala National Forest, and I was born and raised Catholic, but our Catholic church was an hour away. So oh, wow. we were, my family, we were considered the holiday Catholics. You know, we only went to Easter and <laughs> Christmas. Um, most of that was just because of the distance, and, um, you know, for gosh, all through school. And I just, I never went to church on Sundays and um, never really was in tune with it. And then I had kids, mm-hmm. you know, and um, both my kids go to St. Mary's and it's been a blessing because I've learned more about my faith, you know, from what they're bringing home and what they're having to learn. And so Garrett would bring home his religion books and he would start studying all these things. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that way back in the day, but I never got to really dive into it back then. So because of them being in school, I've been able to, you know, become more in tune with God and and feeling His presence and just picking up on the subtleties that happen in your day, you know, and mm. which then started me getting into, you know, taking some Catholicism classes and doing that tiki prayer, you know, hut with you. That was very much outside of my box, you know, having going to a prayer group where I didn't know anybody. Um, Always so awkward the first time you go, you're like, oh my gosh, what am I getting into? Are they pulling out snakes or, yeah, you, you know? don't know what yeah. you're doing. You don't know if it's a cult. You yeah. Know? You don't know what it is, you know, so, so that kind of opened me up a little bit more. And then, you know, being a vet is, you know, there's there's a lot of talents that, you know, God blesses you with. And I think over time you have to figure out why do you have those talents? And it just came to a point where it all started to make sense. You know, I started learning more about being a Catholic. And then now, after 15 years of being in practice, 
I'm starting to see that push over into my practice. Right. And when she says vet, she doesn't mean military. She's oh, yes. not walking around with guns. No. She, mm -mm. Well, she might if you you know aren't behaving at all, if your dog bites her. But she's actually a veterinarian. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I went to the University of Florida, went to school for nine years and practice now. I think this year will be my 16th year out and um, worked at a great practice in Cocoa and then felt a need to do more. And so this year, come April, I'm going to be opening up my own practice um, here in Rockledge and it's going to be a fantastic practice. I'm super excited about it. But how my faith got into my work was because I started seeing things, you know, come through, you know, I see clients every day and yes, I see pets, but I started seeing the clients too. You know, I'll just start with an example. You know, one day I had a lady come in and she had a very sick cat and the cat, you know, we had been trying to keep this cat nice and um, just, you know, a good quality of life, but it came to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't help anymore. And so me and my technician are in the room and we were both in agreement that this is time for the, to let this pet go. And, you know, when you're in vet school, you're learning all about how to heal an animal and how to fix things, but they don't really give you a whole lot of time on what's involved in the emotional part when there is an end of life. And so that's something that you kind of just get, you know, as you keep moving on. But this one particular case, she came in and she was a mess. This cat was her whole life and she was an older woman. I went ahead and, and you know, we said our goodbyes and she said to me, she's like, Dr. Shrek, can we say a prayer? Mm -hmm. And it was just me and my technician and her and this pet. And I was like, okay, you know, they don't teach you to study this in school. Like, how do, mm -hmm. it's not like I go home and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to say this prayer when this happens. You know, it was totally thrown me off. And I was like, yes, let's, let's say the prayer. And I could tell she was Catholic because then she, you know, did the sign of the cross and she, and then afterwards she also was wearing a, a crucifix around her neck. And I let her lead, and then I finished it. And it wasn't, it wasn't me speaking that day, you know? And I can remember walking out of that exam room and my technician who will be going with me to my new practice, and she'll, if she's listening to this, she'll know. Because I walked out of that room and I said, that was not me speaking, that was God. Because I, that was my first time even being in such an intimate moment, finishing a prayer for that person. And I think it helped because it was, her knowing that it was going to be okay that this pet went on yeah. you know it's a part of a healing process and so that was my first window of opportunity where i started knowing that god is now using me and my talents as a conduit to help people that are coming through the door and so you know as days went on you know my next one was um, veterans you know i see a lot of veterans that come in with pets and uh, two in particular one um, had very severe post-traumatic stress disorder, and these animals, um... It's okay. Hang tight, guys. <laughs> We're just gonna pause for just a moment. We're being interrupted by the Roomba. We are at Terry's house. <laughs> and it's taking off. It's going. Okay, okay, so we're back, and let's continue. You were talking about the veteran, veteran, not the veterinarian, the veteran this time, and his post-traumatic yes. stress. So, you know, I have um, several uh, veterans that come that bring their dogs because they rely on their dogs to calm them after, you know, if they have a certain trigger. Like, I had one guy that the rain triggered something, and he was like, this dog is the only thing that kind of calms my anxiety because he remembers being in combat with the rain being that same 
you know, at that particular day, the rain was falling in just a certain way that he remembers back in the battlefield, wow. you know, and that dog, they pick up on it, on that anxiety, and he was, and they, and he was able to get through it, you know, so then that was another thing that I was starting to pick up and learning that people are, you know, there's a very tight relationship between an animal and a person, you know, we all have so many different stresses in our day, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's bad day at work or I have several patients that their owners are kids who have learning disabilities or autism or just panic attacks or things like that. And so I've started picking up on that. And I know that through my work and through my talents, God is helping me to try to embrace that and to help keep that bond strong because I know that that's what's helping those people. You know, it's yeah. funny, you mentioned that you went to school and they really taught you just how to fix the animal, how to repair the animal. And it's in some ways, it's a little bit similar to teaching because when I was a teacher and I was in school, they just set it up in this mindset where everything's going to go smoothly, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to put out a lesson. The kids are going to sit quietly. They're going to mm -hmm. listen. They're going to do what I say. They're going to do the work. There'll be no back talk. And that's all theory. Mm -hmm. And I can remember my first year teaching, so similar to you, but just with humans all the way around, no animals thrown in the mix where I could kind of blame it on animal temperament. And I called a mom, and when I got finished sharing, uh, of course I go in and I would start off with all the good that her child was doing and all the great ways, and then I would throw in my however. My however was my lead-in to like, all right, now I need your help. Mm -hmm. And when I got finished, the mom basically said, are you finished and I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, okay, well, I just want you to know that my child from 7.30 in the morning to 2.30 in the afternoon is your blankety blank problem. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I can remember like you knowing exactly where you were at that prayer okay. moment. I remember thinking, okay, this wasn't in the textbooks. And now what do I do? Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, my faith it was much earlier in my teaching career, and my faith wasn't where it is now. I think I would have obviously handled it a little bit differently. I like to think I handled it well and professionally, but I didn't really have that human Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit mm -hmm. aspect that I see mm -hmm. that you have. Yeah. So that is, um, in some ways, a lot alike. So that's really beautiful. So you're taking your faith and you're weaving it into your mm -hmm. practice. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I wanted to ask you about weaving your faith. Is there something now as a result of that moment that then began that shift in you? Is there a way that you weave your faith that's more intentional? For example, do you pray before work, during work? Do you have a prayer group at work? Do you have Bible study at work? Is there something after? Is there a way that you now communicate with your patients mm -hmm. and their owners? Yeah, so um, this is a, you know, a, a, a very hot topic in the veterinary world, you know, the emotional stress that sometimes occurs on a day-to-day -day because, you know, like MDs, you know, we're seeing sometimes on a really, you know, heavy patient load day, we're seeing, you know, 20 patients a day. And so you're in and out and, and I went to vet school thinking I was gonna play with puppies and kittens all day. It's not that, folks. You don't play with puppies and kittens all day. You know, you get to see puppies and kittens, and those are the good days, but there's also those that are, are a little bit more stressful when you have sick animals and you're trying to make them, you know, better, or if you have those end of life, you know, you have to be able to switch it on a dime, you know? Okay, I saw the puppy in, you know, five minutes ago, but now I'm going into a room where it's not the same scenario. It's more of a sad scenario. And so we're on this constant em emotional roller coaster. And um, side note here, Oh, yeah. Her puppy Kyla is over here wanting me to throw the ball. So if you hear Kyla, she just <laughs> wants to be on here too. Yeah. So go ahead. So my vision was to build a practice that 
reduces stress, not only for me and my staff, but for my clients, as well as to incorporate a little bit of faith in them, because I think that's what helps me. You know, it helps me get through, you know, that emotional roller coaster throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so one uh, way I'm doing that is, you know, my, my hospital is going to be transparent. So half of my hospital is all glass, you know, because when I see the anxiety coming in on the owner, that filters down into the dog or the cat. Right. And then that makes me, it makes it difficult for me because here I am a stranger coming in and I'm touching your animal and, and they're like, they're feeling the anxiety off of the owner, but it, it doesn't relax them at all. So... I know that a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, what are you doing? You're taking my dog to the back. What does that mean? You know, and so my idea was to have it all transparent. So I'm going to take your animal to a treatment area. You're going to be able to see it right through the window. You'll know exactly what's going on to help them reduce their anxiety, which reduces the pet's anxiety, which reduces my anxiety. Because it's all about you, Terry. No, (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. But in addition, it's going to help my staff, too, because they they feel it's a ripple effect, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's one of the big things. You know, physically, I'm, I'm making a practice that's very transparent. The other thing that I'm going to do is, um, and I'm not really sure how to, how to start it yet, so, you know, maybe you can help me or maybe Father Blake can help me because I've been pulling him into this, is how do you incorporate, you know, this type of idea and mindset into people that you don't know what their religious status is? I don't know what my staff, you know, I, I don't I don't even think one of the girls ever goes to church, but I know that it's going to help them. And I, I want to be able to do it without being overbearing. I don't want to come in with, you know, a Bible and this is what we're going to do, you know, but right. I want to start giving them those little tidbits like I was getting, you know, with my kids, you know, if I get little tidbits, then soon they'll pick up on it and they'll be able to embrace it. And so in the morning, I'm, I'm um, going to be doing a morning meditation where, you know, before I see my clients, you know, we're going to just have a, pr- a prayer and then I'm going to read scripture and then I'm going to have a reflection and then that'll just, I'll let them take it with what they want, you know, yeah. so that when they're on that emotional roller coaster, they'll have something to grasp onto and be able to, you know, say, I got this. God's got this because this is what he wants us to do. That verse for the day. Yeah. Come back to that verse. Right. That's beautiful. So that's my plan. <laughs> Sounds exciting. So do me a favor. Tell us a little bit about what a day in the life or maybe a week. I don't know. I guess you see different animals. What's mm-hmm. the most bizarre animal you've seen in your practice? Well, I'll never forget the day that I had a guy um, come in and, and I knew I was going to see a snake. And oh, I I'm see out. snakes. I'm done. And they're not bad. <laughs> I know. I don't like them. <laughs> but what was Sorry it? for you snake lovers out there. So they, he wanted me to see the snake because the snake was constipated. And um, how do you know a snake is constipated? Seriously, that is some serious observant. I I guess it had gone several weeks without pooping. But what I didn't know is what the snake was brought in on a flatbed trailer because it was a 300 pound snake. Oh, I'm out. I'm for real out. I'm for real. People, Shut the practice. There was a there was a flatbed trailer, and I go out to the parking lot, and he's got this humongous <laughs> snake there, and it had eaten rabbits because that's what you feed that kind of size snake, and it couldn't poop very well. Oh my! So that was the most bizarre thing. I'll never forget that day. And so what does a weekly or just a daily duty of yours look like? Does it just simply vary it based changes. on the pets that comes in? I mean, it changes. I can, you know, we obviously take appointments. So, you know, I'll know, you know, before I go in what kind of, you know, am I seeing mostly wellness vaccine kind of appointments today or if I'm seeing a bunch of sick or if I have surgeries. But what the hardest thing is, is that, you know, there might be emergencies and that throws you all off. 
you know if if god forbid something happened and you know a client needs to get in and then you got to be able to adapt to that whatever that emergency might be and so um so yes we're always changing that's what i kind of like about it you know i went into vet school thinking i was going to be a large animal vet after being on rotation and and dealing with horses that are 1200 pounds and not feeling good i was like oh this is not my cup of tea but I still get to see other things, you know, we see ferrets and rabbits and guinea pigs and birds, you know, so that kind of keeps it interesting. Do you have um, a favorite animal? No, not really. Do you have one that you prefer not to see, like a porcupine? I don't, really I don't see monkeys and I don't do chickens. I don't know why. I, I mean, monkeys are, uh, you know, they're, they're just too exotic for me. But, uh, and chickens, even though I see birds, I just feel like, I don't know what I'm doing with a chicken. <laughs> I don't know why. We should be eating you. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, the monkeys and chickens. And the other thing is, is that, you know, in vet school, too, they don't, they make us learn both large animal and small animal, and they give us a two-week window of exotics. But what they do is they give you the resources. So, like, if I have a sugar glider coming in, I, you know, that's like a small squirrel, but it's not. Right. You know, I will go and I'll refer to my resources to see, you know, what are these different things? And then I get to learn but, um, from the people, you know, what do they, what have they learned about caring for this um, exotic pet? And right. so then we start trying to, you know, just use, it's interesting to see how different animals do different things and, you know, not everything is treated the same way. What's well, funny and knowing you, I've known you for several years now and I just kind of take it for granted. I totally forgot as I'm getting ready for this interview, I'm like, oh yeah, she is a doctor. I probably should be showing her like a little more respect I'm always in awe of veterinarians because and not knocking the people that deal with humans but it's a human body and yes there are differences but it is fascinating to me that you everything you just said a snake came in a sugar glider came in a cat a dog it's fascinating to me that you have to be somewhat versed and if not versed, you have to know where to go to look up that right. information and then to get it right. Right. That's a lot. It is. Yeah. Way to go, doctor. I'm going to start calling you Dr. Shrek from now on. <laughs> I feel really bad that I haven't been oh, so kind no. to you. That's okay. It's not that we're not kind. We just tease a lot is yeah. all. So let's switch this just a little bit now. What a fascinating story. I love learning from the different guests. On an exciting note... I know that your job, it varies because you don't know who's coming in. Like you said, you have the different emergencies, but you just did something this past Saturday that was pretty exciting where you were a judge. Oh, yes. That was so fun. Um, the city of Rockledge has, and for those that live in this area, they have basically redone, made a little civic center. So there's a nice little stage and they made a, a very nice um, outdoor public use bathroom. And every year they have the Rockledge Art Festival. And my friend Janet, who owns Pet Pros, uh, sponsored a pet parade and I had no idea what I was getting myself into and I was like she's like hey will you be it because you're gonna be a new business in rock I was like sure I'll do it and a lot of times when you have these events you don't really you know know how many you're gonna get a lot of times it's pretty a small group and they did it all around the Civic Center so the art festival and everything was right around the Civic Center and they even brought in the um, Rockledge Canine Police and showed demonstrations and stuff but there were 50 animals there for this pet parade oh it's not just for dogs it, no well it, it could have been others but people didn't bring cats because you okay. were, you know, but it was it was or all sugar dogs. gliders or sugar gliders, right? <laughs> so it was all dogs, and I was so just thrown by how many people actually brought their pets in. It was great, and we had animals that were. We had five Great Danes. 
Oh, gosh. And then we had all the little small little like, you know, ankle biters, you know, and I was able to judge it as she wanted me to do it just like Westminster, you know, they all went around in a circle and then <laughs> I got out in the middle and, you know, that's the largest dog and that's the smallest dog and that's got the best costume, you know. So, oh, so everybody really, got it. Basically, yeah. everybody, a participation yeah. trophy for everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. Was, they have a little costume for you and everything. Not for me, but I mean, there was a dog dressed up as a bumblebee. That's the one that won it. And then there was another dog that was dressed up in like a tutu and, you know, like Mardi Gras beads. So, so the perks of your job. Yeah, so yeah. that was fun. Not the sad stuff. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. With that in mind, I know that you said that you get all this training, obviously nine years of school, like you said, and, and then just the subtleties of your education. You know what I mean? I, I, it's one of those things where you get your education, but it really doesn't prepare you for the bigger picture. No. And I know that with teaching, I think I learned more in that first month of school teaching than I did in my four years in college. I would imagine that that's the same with you guys, Mm -hmm. with your veterinary school. Mm -hmm. So what special qualities do you think that a person needs to have to be successful in your field? Oh, gosh. Um, And then let's define, hold on one second, let's go back. Let's define successful. Is successful, really when you think about it, is it that all the animals don't die? (laughs) You know what I mean? Because really, I would imagine that some people think that, well, my dog had to be put to sleep, so you're just not a good vet. Mm -hmm. So what special qualities do you need as a vet, and then what makes a vet successful? Okay, well, I'll answer your second question first, and it's funny you say this, because I had a a recent um, visit with Father Blake, and he says, you know, to be successful, it doesn't matter how many letters you have behind your name. It doesn't matter how the kind of car you drive or the kind of house you have. You know, what successful is in God's mind is, are you doing what he blessed you with? Are you using that to your utmost potential in helping people. And that really hit home to me because vets, I don't know if, if you guys have any veterinary friends, but we're perfectionists. We wanna hit that A plus every time. If it doesn't look neat and tidy, it's not good enough. We are always, and I've just recently learned this, you know, like seeing, you know, as you're trying to, you know, learn about who you are and what your personalities are and what your kids' personalities are, because I have one that looks and acts just like me and I have one that looks just like my husband and acts like my husband, you know, you learn what type you are. And veterinarians are always high achieving, goal achieving people. And sometimes that's hard because you have to know that it's okay to not always be that way. And so Father Blake helped me understand that because he's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have. It's about using your talents to be able to help those that are coming to you. And so to answer your question on successful, you know, it, it's basically, it's not a materialistic thing. It's an internal thing. Using those gifts and talents. Right. However, qualities to be a vet, you know, the grades do help. You know, uh, in the state of Florida. Study kids. Yeah. There's, there's only one vet school in the state of Florida. And um, when I applied back, uh, okay, so 16. Been a while. Yeah, been a while. <laughs> um, there were 800 applicants and they only took 80. Oh, wow. Yeah. So your grades have to be there, your test scores have to be there, your well-roundedness has to be there. And, and a lot of veterinarians are introverts. Most of them are very much introverted. They don't like to, you know, don't like to do this. They're very smart, but they're book smart and they're very quiet, you know, kind of people. Um, most of them, not all of them, but. They're not fun like Terry. <laughs> Well, I don't know, you know, but it's most of them are introverts. So having to learn how to talk to people was the first part, you know, of, you know, when I got out of school, it was learning to communicate. 
because we have all these big words and we all we know exactly what's going on but how do you communicate that to somebody who doesn't know what a intestinal resection and anastomosis is do you right. god bless you did you sneeze oh i thought you sneezed <laughs> Okay, intestinal, right? I got yeah. that. And then resect, that's something you got to take out, right? Uh -huh. That's it. What was the and other then word? Anastomosis. Right. I thought you sneezed. No. Yeah. Okay, well, what is that? Yeah, that's what people think. I sneeze, well, you know, right. like when I say things like that. But right. that's, you're right. You so, break it down. Yeah, so it's a, you know, taking a section out and then anastomose means to bring back together. Oh, wow. I knew that. I was just making sure you knew yeah. that for your patients. So it's hard because we don't get that either in vet school. We get all the book stuff, we learn how to fix things, but then there's not very much in how do you communicate. And, and not, and by the way, not everybody that comes to the door is happy go lucky. You know, you got some that are, frustrated or some coming, that are nervous or some that are on a schedule and they're just trying to get this done because they get it off the checklist you know so yeah. every personality comes through and so you have to be able to adjust to that as well i can appreciate that because when i had riley <clears throat> excuse me we did not know that riley was going to have down syndrome so we found out in the hospital and the nurse that was my nurse for noah was the one who drew the short straw and had to come in and tell me, which I found out later the doctor should have, but he stood outside my door and cried because he felt bad for me. And mm -hmm. I told him, I said, years from now, I'm going to tease you about this. But this other doctor came in and no doubt he knew his field very well, but it was as if he didn't really want to be in there. And there really should have been a class because he was mm -hmm. so clinical and so actually unkind. And I, I wrote him a letter. It took me a couple years to formulate a letter that would be kind and informative and really give him words to say the next time he walked in. And I told him, I said, I know that you've walked into a room where a new baby with Down syndrome was born hundreds of times, mm -hmm. but you forgot that this was my first time. And there's more to that story I'll share on other podcasts, but it did change that doctor, mm -hmm. a family member, wanted me really to go off. And I said, that's not gonna change him. The goal right. is for him to change because then if he changes, it helps the parents, which then helps the kids. Because right. if I didn't know about Down syndrome, he would have scared the bejesus out of me. Mm -hmm. But even though my faith then wasn't where it is now, I had a profound moment in the hospital where I knew everything was gonna be okay. And that didn't come from him. Mm -hmm. And so it's important, like you said, these pets, in some ways we elevate them so much. Mm -hmm. And I, I do, my heart goes out to you because some people are like, oh, Fluffy can't die. I'm like, listen, Fluffy's 15 and Fluffy had a 12 year span. You've mm -hmm. gotten three more years. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do? How mm -hmm. do you handle that? Mm -hmm. That's tough stuff. Yeah. So I wanted to take that and share a quote that I found. I was kind of trolling through your social media <laughs> and you put out this beautiful quote by C.S. Lewis. Do you know about C.S. Lewis? He's a, he's a convert. Mm. And he has a profound story. And this is what C.S. Lewis said. He said, don't shine so others can see you. Mm -hmm. Shine so that through you, others can see him. Yes. That's beautiful. Yes. That ties exactly to what you just said. Yeah, it yeah. does. So what made you put that quote up there? Just that, you know, I, at that moment, that first moment with that lady and, you know, wanting to, to, you know, say a prayer for her pet, I knew that that moment wasn't about me and it wasn't about all of, you know, my knowledge and things that I know. It was about that Holy Spirit coming through me and helping that person who was in despair and, and just distraught about this animal that had been with her her whole life. And you talk about the ripple effect mm -hmm. earlier 
I can imagine that your finishing that prayer had a profound ripple effect on her. It did. It did. And and I think it even had a, an effect on my technician that was there that day because she, it wasn't like, you know, I was in this little bubble by myself. I mean, she witnessed it too. And I had never, in 15, 16 years, I had never done anything like that. Yeah. So I, I, I knew at that point in time that this is, you know, where my next chapter of my life is going to be, yeah. you know, is going to be, you know, having this clinic where it's okay to pray. Yeah. I don't know if I ever shared this story with you or the listeners, but years ago, my daughter, I get a phone call. My daughter fell at school. So I go up to school and she had tripped and fallen and cracked her chin wide open. Ugh. And God bless her. She didn't cry, but her eyeballs were big and red, but she didn't cry. She's being tough. So I take her to her doctor's office. And again, the emergency situation where the doctors shuffled a mood patients, not dogs, my mm -hmm. kid. And right before, so I had a choice. We could do the stitches or we could do the glue. And right before the procedure, this doctor, and I didn't know her because they were shuffling us around. And it might have been that my daughter was in her uniform. I'm not really sure. But with such confidence, that doctor said, Mom, do you mind if I pray before we begin? Mm -hmm. And I was standing next to Riley, and I could get teary-eyed right now and choked up. Think about that moment, the profundity of mm -hmm. that moment mm -hmm. of here's this woman who it's so important to her to get mm -hmm. this right mm -hmm. and to, to invite the Holy Spirit into that moment. And it was so calming for me. It was calming for Riley because obviously we're people of prayer, but it calmed the doctor as well. It was a win-win all the mm -hmm. way around. But what a ripple effect, like you said mm -hmm. earlier, it had on me, like, you know what? I, I might need to be looking at my doctors mm -hmm. and, and I might need to switch because it, it just touched me deeply. I knew what was motivating her steps and it changed also my expectations. I was like, well, why aren't all the other doctors praying? Mm -hmm. But of course, I'm a person of prayer, and, right. and you are as well. And But we don't know what ripple effect mm -hmm. this is going to have on mm -hmm. your techs. Mm -hmm. Hi, techs, if you're listening. We love you. You're the best. <laughs> they are the best. But then also the patient, you know, and then how does that spill over even into the animal, that calming, that calming mm -hmm. moment, like you said. Yeah. So, yeah, so don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. C.S. Lewis. So let's take this another step. A lot of ministry and a lot of doing God's work is inside the church walls. Yours now is, and it has been, it's been outside of the church walls. Now it's much more intentional. You're opening mm -hmm. your own practice. Right. And so that being said, how are you going to stay connected since you're bringing, in a way, you're bringing Jesus to these people mm -hmm in a way that you might not be right now, really, in mm -hmm. this other practice. Mm -hmm. So now you have this new practice that you're starting in April. And how are you staying connected so that you can keep, you know, the whole, you have mm -hmm. to feed in order to mm -hmm. be fed. You got to put the oxygen mask on you in order to help others. Mm -hmm. How are, what are you doing and how will you continue to stay close to Christ in your ministry? Well, have you talked about my logo? No, I did not. So the story with my logo is is um, I actually had a contest in my in my household. And before all this started, I was like, well, I need a logo. And so I have two kids. And I sat my husband down. I sat my two kids down. I'm like, okay, I need a logo that shows something about animals, something about Jesus, and something that will stand out. And my husband's an engineer, so you can only imagine what that logo looked like. It was very square and right <laughs> angles. And uh, everything, was, everything was mathematically correct. Um, but we love you, honey. 
Um, my daughter had a big tree with a bunch of birds and a book and a little girl and flowers and things like that. But my son drew a cat and a dog being united by a cross in the middle. And that was just another moment. Um, Garrett is very, like I think he's, he's a very special kid. And um, I was like, wow, how did you come up with that? You know, and then we manipulate a little bit more, but my sign, which is going up today, Nice. Yeah. We will put that on social media, yeah. by the way. My sign's going up today, um, supposedly going up today. But I have a, a, a dog and a cat. In the middle, I have a cross. And that's going to be my constant daily reminder, you know? When you walk in. When yeah. I walk in, this is this is what I'm doing. And, you know, that's good. That's the first thing you see. You know, just like yeah. if with my other job, I'm up at like 445 in the morning, and it's really hard the early mornings are getting to me it's really hard yeah. to get up and begin my day with prayer but it is important when you do begin with prayer or just that moment where you turn your eyes to him mm-hmm. that it just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day and so now it's kind of neat our whole community is going to drive by this big old yeah. sign and some people will like it some people won't you know i've had i've had some like well, why are you putting a cross there and then I have to go through my story, yeah, you know, and because some people, I don't know if they're offended. I think they're just, it's the unknown. They're not used to it. They don't know what to think about it. So mm-hmm. the immediate thing is, well, why are you doing that? You know, kind mm-hmm. of on a negative tone. But I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And right. especially if my son drew that, I, how can I not? Yeah. You know? like, hey, my kid drew it. That should be good enough for you. (laughs) Right. I remember when I was getting hired for my first teaching job out of Seminole County. So I'd moved to Brevard County and I did really well the first interview. And the principal called me back before I could even get home. He's like, I want to meet with you. And he wasn't in the first interview. And so I went to meet him and he was one of the best. And at the end of the interview, he goes, you know, why should I hire you? And I said so plainly, I'm like, my mom thinks I'm the best. So that's got to be good enough for you. (laughs) And, And he just laughed. He probably thought I was crazy. And my mom actually found like a button and it said my mom thinks I'm the best and so I had we had to wear lanyards at this particular school and I put that button on there and every time he saw it he just would smile and shake his head (laughs) so that's right so my son did this and I think he's awesome we think her daughter's awesome too by the way if she (laughs) listens to this you know when she's older so we love you Graceland even though you steal all my cookies and my water bottles and (laughs) I tease her daughter all the time Uh. well you talk about standout moments what's a standout moment for you in your ministry yeah, I had I had another situation where I had a woman who had two pets, and they didn't have any kids, and she was had a lot of health problems, was uh, undergoing chemo treatments and things, and and unfortunately these two pets were the same age, mm-hmm. and then they both got sick, and we we kept those pets alive for a long time, but it came to a point where we couldn't do it. And so I also offer going to people's houses because a lot of times in this particular moment, to me, I'd rather it be in your own familiar environment than, you know, having to say goodbye in a hospital. So I did a house call. I went to her house and I knew this was going to be hard for her because these animals were her life. And it was very nice. We were outside. It was a beautiful day. And we said our goodbyes. And I left her a little gift. And the gift, I didn't want her, I, I didn't even tell her I left her a gift, but I just left her a bracelet. It was a prayer bracelet. And each day had a bead that represented a certain thing, like just strength and hope and faith and courage, you know, like just little saying so that she would have something to hold on to when her house is now so empty. And she later thanked me for that. 
There, every time I have a, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to get back in the clinic because I've been off now for three months. I stopped working in, at the end of, at the beginning of December and been trying to get this together. And now it's really coming. You know, it's, you know, we're on, we're going to have the floors. I mean, all my walls are up and the floors are going in and the certain, you know, um, cabinets will be going in mid-March. And then I'm hoping to be open April 1st. And I know that's like an April Fool's thing. So I'm hoping it's not going to be like, ha ha, no, you're not. But I'm targeted for April 1st. But I'm, I'm ready to get back into being with the animals and seeing people and trying to help them. A little personal. Do you get emotional when you have to put oh, an animal absolutely. down? Oh, absolutely. Especially the ones where, like, if, and now I'm old enough that I've seen pets as when they're puppies and kittens, oh. and now all the way to the end. So I've been with these families for that long. And so saying goodbye, even on a, on a veterinary level, you know, we do. I become family. Yeah. Through the years, I've been able to, you know, embrace it a little bit better. But there's still some that are very... Um, touching and that's that's why it's hard for us because mm. in the human world you know there's not the euthanasia not yet yeah. I know there's a lot of stuff trying to go on for that but in the animal world there is you know and so having to be there in that moment and to you know to be confident and to you know be sympathetic and to be you know there for them what else could I do right yeah have I done enough right I remember I had a dog you know everybody has that one pet and I had this dog I chose when I was 15 and when I went away to college everybody's like oh you're gonna miss your folks I'm like no I miss my dog and Mm -hmm. I can remember coming back from college I was away for two months and I came back home my mother let the dog in and he just oh my gosh he just was the dog and my mom's like you better come get this dog I'm like listen lady when I graduate I'm coming to get my dog and I did I know a lot of college kids don't I got my dog I had this dog he was great was hips started going out and I was now um, this is well into my teaching now I had him for 13 years and the last I would say eight months his hips started going out so we got him on this medicine and it really helped him but then there was a point where it was time that was such a hard decision. I remember calling my mom and saying, I remember being mad when you put our basset hound down and just really being mad at you and dad. But now I have to make mm-hmm. that decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't like being an adult. Oh. And it was tough. But yeah. you know what my vet did? Yeah. They brought me in the room. And I, there's no way I wasn't going to be in the room. I have a family story about leaving the room. And I, there's no way I was going to do that. So I stayed in the room. And it was neat because, and neat's the wrong adjective, but... It was special because I could see that it mattered to the nurses Mm -hmm. and it mattered to this doctor who knew I had exhausted my finances too and all Mm -hmm. of that. But within a week, I had the most beautiful letter from him. And I'm sure it's stock. Mm -hmm. You know, he just plugs in the name, plugs Mm -hmm. in the pet's name. I didn't care. The fact, and it was in his pen. And, and it was in ink. So it's not like it was a photocopy and let me sign Mm -hmm. my name at the bottom and plug in the name. And I still have that letter. And that I had to put Ben down in 1998. And I still have that letter. Mm -hmm. And I probably should let it go now. But it just touches me. And it was a moment where he didn't bring in faith at all. So you brought that prayer bracelet where clearly you're Mm -hmm. saying, hello, God's in this moment. But it was in a small way, it was an evangelization opportunity of kindness Mm -hmm. and compassion. Mm -hmm. And then he affirmed that I had done everything that I Mm -hmm. could do. And it was just a sign of grace, truly. You know, um, the first pets are always the hardest. You know, like um, Brian and I, our first pet was another golden. I'm a golden fan. And her name was Marley. And this was before kids. And, and your life was just the dog. I mean, the dog went on the boat with us. I did agility with her. You know, she went on um, our hiking trips with us. And 
when it came time to put her down, now I was on the other side of the fence. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I had taken her to specialist, you know, to try to figure out how to how to help her. And now I had a specialist veterinarian, one that um, there's a difference. You know, general practitioners is what I do. But then there are specialists who go for more training, more schooling, and they specialize in a certain area. So we have anything from surgeons to um, dermatologists to cardiologists to even dentists, believe it or not. And um, this specialist was an internal medicine specialist. And I had taken Marley there because she had multiple things going on. And, and then she's like, you know, we can do all these things, you know. And even for me, you know, that's the other hard part is there's a price tag, you know. And I was already five grand deep and I could spend, you know, so much more. And, and I always tell my clients this, you know, when it... You know, unfortunately, there is a money factor that does occur, and that's very hard, even as veterinarians, because they don't teach us that in school either. No. They say, this is what you got to do, and yes, we know that all these tests are things that we got to do, but there's a price to them. And so, you know, even on my end, you know, I'd already, you know, spent several thousand with her, and um, she's like, you know, we can do more, but that's only going to get you this far. And so I tell people, it doesn't matter if you had all the money in the world, sometimes you can only get so far with it. And so then I was on the other side of the fence and, you know, I had to switch off my veterinary brain and I had to sit there and, and just be the owner, be the, the mom of Marley for a minute mm-hmm. and be able to say, it's going to be okay to let her go because no matter, no university <laughs> could have fixed what was going on. And it was hard. It was hard mm-hmm. being on that other side because, you know, you, you prepare yourself for being one way or the other. But then having to flip, that was hard. Well, it's funny. When I go into the teacher conferences for my children, sometimes I'm like, you know, can I sit on that side of the desk? I, do, I think they do a better job on that side of the desk. You know, right. it's like, yeah. oh, I don't want to be yeah. on this side of the desk, right. especially if, you know, you're having some issues or challenges mm-hmm. or whatever. So I can imagine, if anything, though, it shaped you to be, you're, you're a compassionate person, but to be even more compassionate and more sensitive in those um, end-of-life moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so as we wind down, I'm, Terry, I'm so glad that you're here. As we're winding down, I already know some aspiring vets who, and my daughter Cassidy is one of them. <laughs> she just thinks, mm-hmm. you know, Miss Shrek, she doesn't call you Dr. Shrek. I'm going to tease her about that. Uh-huh. But That's she okay. just thinks that you are the bomb diggity, I and know. I've just dated myself. <laughs> And she wants to be a vet. And I'm like, listen, you don't play with puppies all day and kittens. I know. So I tell her, I'm like, There's, you're going to have to put some animals to sleep. Mm-hmm. And she started crying. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. So we have other people who are listening who want to be yes. veterinarians. So what advice would you give to future veterinarians or aspiring um, vets? You know, the biggest thing is to volunteer at veterinary hospitals. You know, get and not just small animal. Go out on the farm, too. You never know. You might like working with large animals. And in fact, because I'm going to be a transparent hospital, I talked to the school and if any of the classrooms wants to come and just they can stay outside because I have all windows, they can see, you know, what we're doing. So for the low, low price, just kidding. No. (laughs) Um, And believe it or not, I was a high school teacher for a year. Really? Yeah. I think you told me that. Yeah, I taught high school uh, biology ninth through twelfth grade. So you would encourage aspiring yeah, vets so to be teachers I, as well. Well, it, it helps me to be able to communicate, but um, and also to um, explain things on a level. But um, so anyway, I would love for kids to come and you know um, watch me shadow me for a day or, or whatnot. But getting in the field and seeing what happens—the good, the dirty, the bad. Yeah, you know, you're gonna get peed on, kids. Yep, you're gonna get peed on. You're gonna get 
sneezed on, you know, it's, Bitten. Uh, we try not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big, and sometimes the parents bite to, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but being able, well, animal behavior, being able to know, you know, is that cat really mad right now or is it happy? Oh, so psychology. So you've got to learn yeah. animal behavior. And that's hard because they don't necessarily teach that either. Your colleges really don't do a good job because they didn't teach us that nonsense in college either for teaching. I know. Our careers are very similar. But University of Florida is awesome. I think Noah should go there, by the way. Okay. Shout out, Noah. You're listening. (laughs) So, but yeah, just being, being in that environment because you may think you, and, and maybe you might want to go into research. You know, maybe you might want to go into industry. You know, there's other aspects of veterinary medicine that's not just practicing. Gotcha. Okay, so now you've told us how aspiring vets could grow in the knowledge of maybe this is the career I want. Oh, this definitely is not. What if there is somebody who has a faith, who's like somebody who's listening now? What advice would you give for an aspiring vet who is of faith? Yeah, so I think I think my um, challenge is is that I'm going to try to incorporate my faith into my business, into my practice, and so you know, even if you're not a vet, if you're, for instance, an engineer. Brian's group did, I don't know if they still do, they still had a moment of prayer in the morning. And that's a bunch of men and a yeah. bunch of math. <laughs> <laughs> and and really no personalities. <laughs> not to not to Except for you, honey. Uh, and so, you know, just engineers are, are a very, you know, um, cut black and white kind of people, you know, and so I think the challenge would be for people to start, how could I you know, I'll never forget Father Blake saying that he would, in the back of Publix, you know, after he got done mopping the floor, you know, they had a prayer group in the back of Publix. Mm. You just know? that intentionality. Yeah, just to just to have that moment. And it's hard. It's hard to do that. And so that's what I encourage. Well, I saw this quote and it said, some people talk to animals, not many listen. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So I think you just touched on that about your school doesn't teach it, but you have to get adept at reading those animals. Yeah, and maybe it's something that's not teachable. It's something you have to learn. You know, you have to put the situations together and and know that, you know, when a cat's ears are pinned down and his tail is flicking, that's probably not, don't get near me. Yeah, don't stand behind a horse. Uh, Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, and maybe that's why, you know, they, they knew that they couldn't, you can't teach that. You have to learn it a lot with life is you have those moments you have those people in your life that accompany you on your journey but at some point you have to step out and you just have to take those steps and and hopefully those steps are intentional and hopefully you are walking with christ in those steps so that you know who you can turn to at the end of the day Mm -hmm. yeah so as we wind this down i know that you have the big day april fool's day how exciting Uh uh-huh so tell us a little bit about that if uh, any of you are interested, you can go to my website. It's S as in Sam, so svetcare.com. Um, yes, my name is Shrek. I'm not green. Um, it's not spelled like S-H-R-E-K. It's spelled S-C-H-R-O-E-C-K. Um, but how cool is that last name, huh? Cause I know. What? I had a I had a client bring her kids in just so they could see Dr. Shrek. That's so funny. You should wear a green one day. I, I wore, I actually wore the Shrek mask for Halloween one year. <laughs> Did you? It was hilarious. I remember because 
my youngest and her oldest are in the class together. And I was, it must have been kindergarten. She goes, oh, yeah. And that kid, Garrett, his last name's Shrek. I'm like, it is not Shrek. <laughs> no, Mom. I'm like, no, I don't think you're paying attention. Uh-huh. And then I felt really bad yeah. when I found out that she was right and I was wrong. <laughs> yes. Sorry, kid. And, and if you're interested and you want to see, we're posting updates on the clinic. So um, we have a Facebook and an Instagram. Um, it's at SVetCare. You know, you can type that in and um, and follow us. That'd be great. And lastly, oh, I almost forgot. Um, Don't forget. I know. March 1st. March okay. 1st. March 1st, I am having um, my, one of my hobbies is photography. So when I, so now, now I have all these walls up. I'm trying to figure out how am I going to decorate this clinic? And so I am having a pet photography session where I'm going to take pictures, my own personal camera and everything, and then I'm going to decorate one of my whole walls, my hallway, with people's pets. That's very clever. You're like, you know what? I'm not paying some fancy artist. I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing it myself. And I'm going to have, you know, and then it'll be a constant reminder. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. I remember Spike. Yeah. You know, or I remember Buster. You know, I have, I, there's so many pet names that come through. It's so funny. <laughs> but, you know, I, and then I'll have them on the wall, you know, yeah. and then it'll be more personal yeah. for my clients What as a well. great idea. So if you are a framer and you want to do some framing for free, I'm sure Terry would love yeah. to talk with you. Yes. I know I went to college with a guy and his dog's name was D-O-G. Oh, yeah. D-O-G. Uh-huh. I'm like, seriously, who thinks of that? Yeah. It is it's pretty clever. Yeah. Very outside the box. I can only imagine yeah. some of the names that you hear. I ha- well, I have one client who has two cats, and one's name's Ham, and the other one's named Burger. Oh, my hamburger. You know, again, our, our jobs are very similar because, you know, the kids always say, I don't like the first day of school because these teachers butcher our names. I'm like, let me tell you something, buddy. We don't like the first day of school either. I remember, I can share this because I know this is so long ago, but I was doing an internship and my supervising teacher was not going to be there. She's like, just go ahead and go with this sub, take role. And I come to this name and my gut was like, don't do it. Uh Don't do it, Jen. And see, I wasn't really in tune with the Holy Spirit. Uh And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I got this. I got this. And so the kid's name was J-O-S-U-E. So what do you think little Jen said? I said, Josu. And oh, my gosh. The class erupted. And the kid's name is Josue. Uh And I wanted to die. And poor Josue. Probably still. Uh They're like, you remember that little English intern that came in from his Boston and she called you Joe Sue? And I'm sure it was in his yearbooks. And Josue, if you're out there, I'm really, really sorry. So, yeah. (laughs) You just never know what names people are going to come up with. Okay, so that's the big day. So let's let's remind our listeners, and I'll also put this in our show notes, Mm -hmm. March 1st. Pet photography session, where will that be? Um, it's going to be in Rockledge at the Rockledge Dog Park off of uh, Plucky Bomb. And you can go to our, you know, my Facebook page shows that. Okay. Yeah, just uh, it'll direct you to my website. You have to go to my website and enter your email so that we know how to contact you. Gotcha. Um, in case you're interested. Okay. And for those, like I have some that have birds. I'm like, oh, I don't know about taking a bird out. You know, I'm making special visits to people's houses. And don't bring your monkey either. Or snakes. For or snakes. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Especially if it's on a big trailer. Right. If it's in a bag and the bag is sealed and it's dead, then we're good. Aww. All right. So that's what you're promoting March 1st, the pet yep. photography, yes. your website, svetcare.com. Mm-hmm. We can get you on Instagram at, mm-hmm. 
or as our seminarian Kyle says, the ground <laughs> at S Vet Care. Yes, or okay. just drive by the building and see when my my uh, signs going up. Well, not everybody who listens, believe it or uh, not, lives in Rockland. We actually have other listeners. Yes. Okay, so are there any other ways that we can get in touch with you? Or are those the best ways to get in touch with those you? Because are, I'm sure those aspiring vets would like to get in touch with you as well. Yeah, Is that the best yeah. way. Yeah, because my website has all my phone information and even has the Facebook page and the Instagram links and everything. Cassie will be calling you later. Nice. I know she already wants to come and volunteer. I said, we'll chat, we'll chat. We'll have to get her a little pair of scrubs. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, she will love that. Oh my gosh, you know how my girl is. All right, so we're coming to the end. And I want to say what a great time it's been with you. But before I say all the nice things that I'm going to say, I was hoping that you would challenge our listeners. You know we have a 168 Don't Wait Challenge. And I'm going to ask you, like I ask the others, others, did you know that there's 168 hours in the week? I did not. She did not. There we go. And then as soon as I say that, people do the math. Okay. So 24 hours in a day times seven. It's 168 hours. I learned that from my seventh grade religion teacher. She said, there are 168 hours in a week. Do you not have one hour for God? Ah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so actually, I think she meant, you know, walk with Christ all week. But, you know, mm-hmm. maybe go see him in mass. Mm-hmm. You know, your relationship relationship can't always be meeting in your home it should be coming to his home too it was, it right. was profound for me so mm-hmm. in honor of mrs gribbon 168 don't wait challenge how would you challenge our listeners for this next 168 hours i would say try to bring it into your business into your workplace your faith you know, your faith any examples it could be it could be something as subtle as uh, doing a three o'clock prayer just by yourself you know when the three o'clock hour comes you know, just say a Hail Mary, you know, quietly. And then maybe try to work it into, if you know that somebody's struggling, we'll say, hey, do you want to, do you want to have a quiet moment and just pray about it? You know, start with people that you're comfortable with first and, and it'll move people. I think it'll move more than what you think. You know, the Bible tells us that God is, he loves us all, but he's not impressed when we're kind to kind people. Mm -hmm. He's more impressed and he's more moved when we're kind to people who don't deserve our kindness. And so the same thing with bringing your faith in, it's easy to evangelize. It's easy to be that missionary disciple. And I'm not minimizing these people who work within the walls of the church. But when you're outside and a lot of people are walking in the world, we're trying to encourage them not to be of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. You know, I take kids on retreats and they love going because on that retreat are all the kids who are there for the same mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. But then I say, yeah, that's great. But now we yeah. have to go home. Right. And so same thing with you, with the, your right. challenge is go out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what God's calling you to do. Mm-hmm. That's a great challenge. Make sure you guys get on that. Terry, actually, excuse me, Dr. Terry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know if I'm going to get used to that. No, and you don't have to. I, I'm just teasing you. <laughs> but I want to thank you for coming out here. I know that you spoke of the ripple effect, and I know that this podcast is definitely going to have a ripple effect because it's so clear that you are allowing the Holy Spirit to move in you mm-hmm. and it's I see it in your eyes I see mm-hmm. your intentionality I remember when you first talked to me about this is something I'm thinking about doing I was so excited and I've been praying for you because I have no idea where God is going to lead this mm-hmm. but and I'm sure you don't either mm-hmm. but it's funny I see a peace about you it is you know I, I do feel a peace so yeah. thank you so much for having me this has been great yep I wanted to share this with you I found this video and it was about vets meaning veterinarians. And this is what it said, very simple. It was a very long video, but this is the one part that I pulled out of it. And it said, because of you, love is unleashed every single day. 
And I thought that was really neat. You got the whole leashed factor oh, yes. and the veterinarians. Uh-huh. But it's yeah. so true because not only are you ministering to these pets, mm-hmm. you are, you're ministering to these mm-hmm. pets, but in ministering to them with the love that you're outpouring, you minister to the families. And that's yeah. really what it's all about. So it's kind of coming that whole full circle. It is. Yeah. It is. So yeah, so thanks for coming out on the Whatsoever 168 podcast. We'll be uploading this soon. I'll have all of her information in the show notes. And I hope you have a great day. I hope your daughter gets to feeling better. Goodbye, Kyla, the puppy dog who's so sweet and being quiet. And Terry, (laughs) thanks a bunch. It was awesome. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. God bless. See, I told you, Terry is truly a special soul. And I'm so happy she came on my podcast. And I'm so grateful to her for making the time for me and for you. Her practice is truly going to be a blessing to our community. And as I speak, her business sign is up. And it is absolutely spectacular. I'm already hearing from people in the community about how awesome they think it is. And if you'd like to check it out and you want to keep up with Terry and aka Dr. Shrek, go to her website at svetcare.com and you can follow her on Instagram and on Facebook. I know that Terry loves meeting new people and sharing her passion. So reach out to her or, you know what, even better, stop on by and say hello. And while you're at it, please subscribe to my podcast if you haven't already. Like Terry has her goals, I too have my goals. And my goal is hitting 100 subscribers by Pentecost, which is May 31st, guys. So please encourage your family and friends to subscribe and then share your favorite episodes with everyone too, please. And a little FYI, you can keep in touch with me on Facebook and on Instagram as well at whatsoever168. And more big news is that my website should be up and running by the time this podcast gets uploaded. So how about that for the zero techie girl somersaulting into the not so new millennium? It's only taken me what, 20 years. Seriously, folks, thanks for all the prayers. Thanks for all the comments and reply and the feedback. I'm really enjoying it and I'm definitely feeling all of your prayers. I hope you all have a great week. Be sure to get on Terry's Whatsoever 168 Don't Wait Challenge. And remember, be nice and make your next 168 hours count for Christ. Clearly the most lovely person I've found. So be nice. Cause it's just too